you'd like to be a part of Transfer Tea, fill out our submissions form, find the link in the description or on any of our social platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to Transfer Tea. We're celebrating our 15th interview, and today is a big day. Make sure you get out to the polls and cast your votes. And thank you, of course, if you've already voted. I'm here with our sound guy, Jeff, and we just wanted to check in with you guys. Yo. Hi, Ariana. I just voted the other day. It was super, super easy by mail. Super important, obviously. But I wanted to take a moment to talk to my people who are applying to college right now because it is application season. I'm myself filling out college applications and it can be stressful sometimes but i just want to remind everyone to keep going this is like a huge decision to apply to college and once the application process is done you can take the weight off your back and just wait for your results and also looking forward to today's episode with oscar he has a really cool story why don't we jump into it there you go today i'm here with oscar and we're going to be talking about his four-year to four-year journey uh, as a transfer student. So hi, Oscar, do you want to introduce yourself? Ariana, it's a pleasure to be here. So to everyone, my name is Oscar Martinez. I'm currently a junior at Cornell University and I transferred here from the College of New Jersey. I've been majoring in government and international relations with the hope of becoming a diplomat one day. Very cool. We'll start in high school and we'll see kind of what took you to your first college. So maybe you can talk through what kind of kids you were in high school and what ultimately factored into your decision to go to college of New Jersey. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, you put it best. What type of kid were you? I, I was a kid completely in high school. I had wanted to, oh my God, I, I wanted to do everything in high school. I was so focused on track and field and cross country. I really wanted to be a D1 athlete, but then I started doing the play and then I was like, oh, man, I kind of want to get a lead role. And then I was doing like the debate team here. Uh, what else? I was taking a couple honors in AP. Yeah, sure. But my biggest priority in high school was just to kind of like discover myself and to follow whatever I was passionate about. Because, of course, 13-year-old me was on YouTube looking at <laughs> philosophy videos on how to have a fulfilling life. And I was like, oh, my God, this is tea. And so from day one, I was just like, I want to be passionate about what I'm doing and that's it. And so it was great in that it helped me find myself. Um, and I actually wrote about that in my Cornell application, but it's a detriment of that was that unfortunately I didn't graduate with the 4.3 or the 1530 SAT, graduated with much less. <laughs> so did you just kind of apply to like one or two schools or what kind of led you to pick the college that you started out at? Well, it was, as simple as seeing it on the common app seeing that it had arabic international studies and a track team and i was like boom there you go <laughs> Submit the application. that's so interesting though because on the flip side there's all these like high schoolers who apply to like 20 different schools and there's like excel sheets and like i think that's really interesting i didn't apply anywhere so i don't have a don't have a perspective on this no master excel sheet <laughs> I don't understand Excel. But anyways, what was it like for you when you started out like freshman year of college? Did you immediately know you wanted to leave? Did you think you wanted to stay? Like what sort of person were you at that point? Yeah. Okay. So at that point, 
I'd actually entered into my first year of college with an internship secured with an NGO that would allow me to access the United Nations facility. And basically I was like a UN youth rep. That was my official title, which was really cool. So I entered college excited to just go and share what I was doing with everyone to build a project and to do something really cool at the UN at like 18, 19, and then, you know, just see where that would take me professionally. But I was met with a lot of adversity because I had this very naive understanding that college in general was not a business and just a place where intelligent people go to do intelligent things together, right? That's, that's literally what I thought it was. And I'm not saying that it's not, but it's business. Uh, but when I was there, I was met with a lot of kind of pushback when I would talk about it. People would perceive me as, you know, being pretentious or trying to assert myself over them or telling them, oh, I'm doing things that you're not, so I'm better than you, right? It's like, no, it's not. I would tell people, hey, I'm at the UN. You like international studies. Do you want to potentially do something cool with me, like bridging the UN to our college and build a cool organization about that? And then people were like, oh, so you're better. You think you're better. And I'm like, no, that's not what it is. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to leave pretty soon. Realizing that was not maybe the environment was like the journey through kind of like interning at the UN or through that NGO, a lot of what facilitated the need for change? Like, did you have mentorship in those senses? Like, did you learn from that as well? Because I know a big thing with four-year to four-year transfers is you could ultimately stay where you are, like if you're not motivated enough to leave. So it's always so interesting to understand what kind of continued to push you as you work to transfer. Yeah. So at TCNJ, I had some wonderful professors um, who I owe a lot to, especially Arabic professor and a history professor. And they understood my passion. They understood, you know, who I was. And they wanted to work with me at, to the end. They were very committed and I still love them today. Um, but what I had learned was that at the UN, um, I had made certain connections and I talked to them about the need to potentially transfer. And unfortunately, in this field, um, they did mention how name was a little bit of an important factor, just in weeding out the trillions of applications that they get for internships and jobs and whatnot. And so it's it's difficult. And they, I, it became apparent to me that I would have to work a lot harder to just even prove my worth, to prove that my words meant something, just because my diploma said something else, um, which is a little arbitrary and kind of unfortunate. But each industry has its downfalls. And unfortunately, in international relations, that's kind of one of them. But then what came a little more apparent to me was just how ambitious I wanted to be in my academics. Like, I really wanted to pursue very, very rigorous um, coursework. And I was breezing through my first college. It wasn't too difficult. I was doing very well academically. And I wanted something that was a little more challenging. So I had two plans. The plan if I stayed or the plan if I went. <laughs> Still on my iPad. <laughs> it's it's still a notability and I outlined precisely what I had to benefit from staying and from leaving and both plans work that's the thing that I realized if I wanted to become a foreign service officer I could do it through both routes without an issue I knew what I had to do it was very clear to me but I think I just wanted to be in a place that was a little more rigorous for my undergraduate that's cool I love that you read it out too just to kind of tell yourself like either way I'm gonna be okay so when you applied the first time around, what was that like? Did did you get in? Did you get pushback because you were applying as a first year, as it does kind of vary first year versus second year? What was that like? Oh, I was pushed back. 
for sure. I applied to three schools. I think it was Columbia, Penn, and Northeastern for fall, mm-hmm. fall of my sophomore year, and I was rejected from all of them. Wow. I had a 3.9. I had a new internship. I had a couple um, junior and senior level courses, but even that wasn't enough to speak for the four years of high school and my SAT, which is the unfortunate thing. Whenever I talk to anyone who's interested in transferring, I ask them to like kind of think about who they were in high school, like we've talked about earlier, because if you're applying as like as a freshman for an incoming sophomore year, some websites like Columbia explicitly state if you're applying as a first year for sophomore year, your high school grades will matter the most with the inverse of transferring as for as a junior to, to the story. Exactly. College grades matter the most. I know our UCs here, if you're going from even like a community college, you need to have 60 credits. And some people can do that in a year, but a lot of why that is, is just to push you to kind of do a second year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it really is just that they don't have much to kind of go off of when you're doing just one year. And there is a benefit to sort of pushing yourself to wait and then putting in the effort for the second year. So I do the same when people ask me for advice. It's kind of like, well, if you're doing this your very first year, your high school kind of like ghost is going to be haunting you. Um, they tend to not do a little bit. Um, but that, that really, I feel like, is not the case afterwards. Like when I applied, I, don't, I really don't think they – you have to send your high school stuff, but it's not really – important and they write that at least on the Stanford website it says like they don't heavily care about that if you've gotten like if you've been at school for two years so that's interesting I'm sure it didn't feel great to be (laughs) rejected no not at all what kind of motivated you to try again and to keep going as opposed to falling just back onto plan b well for one I I sat down afterwards that summer and I really had to think about it. that. That was the big summer, <laughs> summer of 2019. That's when I had to sit down and just really, really calculate like what I was going to do, plan each step and whatnot. And I think a big reason, or at least a big motivation, one of them was that even though I didn't do it great in high school, I could use that to my advantage in, um, in just demonstrating my academic preparedness in college. You know, and it only strengthens your essay, the quality of your essay, or just your argument in general. If you say, hey, you know, in high school, perhaps I wasn't, you know, prepared for a school like this or prepared for my future in general. Um, but in college, I have become much more serious about what I want to do. And here's my GPA to prove it. Here's my, like, extracurricular involvement to prove it. Here are these internships to prove it. And here's, you know, this very nicely articulated plan of what I want to do with my life just to prove it. And so it all kind of reinforces it to make your argument stronger and stronger and stronger. So that was one thing. And the other thing was just realizing that you know, I wanted to be somewhere where I really felt like I belonged. At my first school, I kind of felt a little estranged sometimes. I didn't, I never really felt like I was a part of that community, and not because I didn't want to. God knows, you know, I really put in a lot. Um, but ultimately, it just came to the fact that I want to be somewhere, you know, a little more supportive for what I want to do, a little more home feeling, you know. So it definitely was a little more personal for me. Yeah, no, but it was like enough to kind of be like, I'm going to go again, like I'm going to keep trying. And I think that really is the thing, like if it's still on your mind all throughout like that summer and so on, like you should go for it. What schools did you apply to round two, like second time around? Oh, round two? That was that was the mature time. Now that I had been rejected, <laughs> I had been sent back to the same school. I was like, okay, this time we're going to do it right. 
Um, so it was beneficial to go through the first application round because then I, I learned even more how to write these essays, how to articulate what I want to do. Because, you know, people think about transferring and everything and going to whatever college. But do you think about what you want to do and why? <laughs> like that, that philosophical question, that, that's a nightmare. That's an existential crisis for a month, maybe even longer. <laughs> so like just, yeah, just working on those problems, you know, allowed me to just answer myself, why do I want to work in the Middle East? Like, why do I want to work in international relations? Like, what, what about me is connected to that? And so that's where the essays, the rejections actually help me help me formalize it, help me learn how to articulate it just a little more formally and not to, you know, like pretentiously saying, oh, I, I want to go save this part of the world. I think my ideas are the best, like, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the savior complex in international relations is different, different story. But yeah, so second round, I had specifically looked at schools that I wanted to go to based off their program. You know, I was looking at certain international relations programs, human rights programs, Arabic programs, because I want to learn Arabic. And I just wanted to make sure that these schools had a comprehensive amount of courses to take and whatnot to just like satisfy like all the things that I wanted to study. Mm-hmm. At my old school, Arabic finished after two years and our program actually got canceled a little earlier, unfortunately. So that was kind of another thing that really pushed me. Like I was like, I cannot not have Arabic. Like I need that. I need Arabic. That's non-negotiable for me. So I checked out Stanford, Yale, um, Princeton. Princeton, I didn't like Princeton's SAT policy. They like that a little too much, but that's a different story. Cornell for sure. And I think I was considering Georgetown and Pomona College actually in California. Oh, yeah. yeah, Pomona looked awesome. Like I was looking at the program, and I was like, oh my God, this, <laughs> this seems like so much fun. And USC too. USC actually had a really good IR program too. So pretty much those eight. I, I wanted to keep it short so I can make each essay um, as kind of meaningful and genuine as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in applying to 20 schools because then that kind of dilutes, um, in my opinion, at least my message. Like I don't want, I, if I really feel like I belong at a school, I'm going to put 100% into that. And yeah, so that was a list. Wow. And then I think we were sort of talking about your situation is a little bit different just because of, well, I actually think a lot of people don't know this. So can you talk about Cornell's kind of like spring acceptance policy and things like that? I know that George Washington also has that. Yeah, for sure. Um, some colleges have spring admissions, which is really beneficial. I, I like I like it when schools have a more diverse um, admission policy because it helps for certain situations. Cornell is the only Ivy League that has a spring transfer application for reasons i don't know perhaps because it's oh it's like a medium-sized school i think there's like around like 14 to sixteen thousand students on campus so i guess they can afford to have you know that type of policy just because of the amount of spaces and they're actually really interesting in how they admit kids in general like from high school you can either get in as you know yeah like straight out 100 percent accepted or you can come in as a fisa which is a first year spring admit mm-hmm. or you can be deferred to be a guaranteed transfer option which guarantees admittance into Cornell for the fall of your sophomore year, which is insane. Like, I've never heard of that (laughs) at any school. I haven't either. I mean, schools have interesting kind of exceptions. I know, I think it was applying to Georgetown, like you could have done fall or spring of 2021. That's like applying last year. 
which I thought was just so interesting because I never really thought about that. I thought everything started in the fall. And like you said, to have those options, especially like when you're just ready to get out of the school that you're in, like that's, that's really interesting. So yeah. I'm guessing and this is how you ended up where you are now, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I guess maybe through that second time around, we briefly sort of touched on like choosing schools and maybe not necessarily applying to just every single school. What advice would you sort of have for people who are starting their lists? Maybe they're just looking at like top 20s or top 30s. What would you sort of tell them if you could speak to them about that? Yeah, for sure. I would, the first thing that I would tell them is know the program, learn the program in and out. And if you feel like that is the perfect place or a very strong place for personally what you want to accomplish, you know, career-wise, professional-wise, or just with your life in general, that is where you should apply to. If you apply to whatever school just for the name or just because they are, you know, very generous of taking in transfers or whatever, uh, that's that might not play in your favor. A more convincing application is when you can really articulate why you wanted it, why you want to do what you want to do and why this program or this school is just a natural next step for what you're trying to accomplish. Because then it mar- ultimately it marries the goal of the school or the department that you're applying to and yourself. Mm-hmm. This school is trying to produce, or this program is trying to produce, you know, whatever, like global leaders in this field, that field, and you are someone who wants to be that and perhaps maybe even shake the paradigm a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that is a compelling transfer argument. Yeah. And that's the first thing I'd say. Very, very much agree with that. Like really research why. Like you were saying, there's so many things that go into it. Even like not liking an SAT policy can already sort of shape the way you feel about a school. And then you don't know, like you go through all the effort and you go there and all of a sudden you're paying like all this money. Like you should be happy where you end up going. I really believe in that too. Mm-hmm. I also want to ask as a four-year to four-year transfer, were there any kind of difficulties you went through that maybe you didn't expect and like what advice would you give to others who are maybe at a four-year looking to transfer to another four-year a difficulty that i definitely didn't expect was um the repercussions of me mentioning i wanted to transfer at my current institution because i had made it very well known unfortunately not not really by intention but i was just unhappy i had made it very well known that i wasn't happy and that i wanted to go to a different school mm-hmm. and you know, that had its flashbacks. Some people started um, not wanting to really work with me further because they knew that, or they had thought that, oh, just be, you want to leave. So why would I want to work with you anyway? Why would I want to build this club or this organization if you just want to jump ship? So that, I guess it made it seem that I was disingenuous with what I wanted to do, which wasn't the case because I was still very considering. I still wanted to be there. Some professors were very encouraging of what I want to do. Others were not so much. So what, maybe what advice would you give to someone? Because obviously at a four-year, if you want to transfer, you have to go ask your professors for letters of rec. And there is that fear of like, is it okay that I want to leave? What are they going to say to me? What, what kind of advice would you give to people who are maybe afraid as they go into that process because of the possibility of kind of getting pushed back? yeah be courageous be confident if there's anything this process has taught me it's to never second guess myself never second guess what i want like my dreams and my passions just because someone might think oh 
you want to leave or just because of whatever other people might think. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely recommend to handle the conversation with care and don't be disrespectful. <laughs> don't go into your professor's office and be like, you know, doctor, whatever. I hate this school. Can you please help me get out? Like, don't say that because that's his job. And partially you are kind of insulting him. If you're saying, hey, the school sucks because then he's going to be like, wait, so that means my teaching sucks or something that we're doing here sucks. Why would he want to help you then? It, you ha- definitely be nice. Be, be courageous, but courteous as well in just telling your professors, hey, I really don't feel happy here. I think there's better places for me. And I would appreciate if you could help out, help me out with that. And especially if you have a good relationship with your professors, which I highly recommend you do, they should hopefully be willing to do that. I had some professors agree to write me a letter of recommendation, but then it never came through. And that kind of thwarted me <laughs> in leaving. So I had to get a backup. I had to ask someone like pretty late to recommend me because someone who agreed to didn't write it. And I was like, oh no, don't do this to me. Yeah. Definitely tread carefully, but be respectful. But above all, do not negotiate your dreams just because of what someone else might think. Please don't. Yeah. I mean, who cares if they don't write it for you, someone else will. Maybe, maybe like had they written it, it wouldn't have been good. And like, you wouldn't have gotten in who knows. Um, exactly. I just kind of think that way. It's okay. Take those. I don't know what they are. Rejections or negativities and just kind of <laughs> make them positive. But that is yeah. really good advice. And like you said, just don't let it get in the way of, transferring if that is really what you want to do I guess sort of as we kind of wrap things up now you're you know at Cornell you've done gone through the transfer process quite a few times if you could sort of give some general advice maybe to anyone who's interested in transferring I know a lot of people are really into like the IVs maybe you could give like something like about that um just like what would you share if you could talk to like an 18 or 19 year old who's sort of in a similar position. Yeah, for sure. So I guess for the Ivy League and any of those schools that are statistically harder to get into through transferring instead of as a first year, forget the acceptance rate, forget the statistics, throw that out the window, because that is not the only thing that's going to do for you is take away your sleep. (laughs) At least it did for me sometimes. You, the best thing that I could say is, like I said earlier, If the program is right for you, that is the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that you should focus afterwards is writing the application, is getting this in and only envisioning you and the program. Mm -hmm. I took my applications personally and I would recommend the same. You know, be authentic and kind of treat it almost like a relationship, just like a one-on-one. If you view it as as a kind of like a game, which in some ways it is against, you know, thousands of other applicants, that might affect how you write your application or that might reflect, you know, how confident you are or how confident you come off in your essays and such. Throw the statistics out the window. Only think of what you're trying to do with your life and let your passion bleed through in your essays, especially your passions. If you love what you do and where you're going, it's only going to make you love it even more, allow you to explore it endlessly. That is the only thing that you should think about when you're writing your essays, nothing else. I think that's crazy because that's exactly what I did. And so I think like you have two people now like saying the exact same thing, like just focus on yourself and like, and the program. I like, I looked up stuff for the poli sci program. I was like, what do they have? What do I love about this? And then, and then I wanted that. And I didn't do the same for Georgetown because 
at that point. I didn't want that anymore, um, but they kind of tie you in having you pay the app fee so you can access the application. <laughs> so I applied anyway, but I saw the difference in kind of what I did and obviously the difference in an exception and a rejection. Um, but also like I have a cousin who, I, I would constantly be like, I think they had a 1.9 acceptance um, like two years ago at Stanford. And I kept being like, yeah. it's 1.9%. I'm never going to get in. It's 1.9%. And he was just kind of like, all you need is that one though. Like all you need is to be that like one out of a hundred people. And that, that really, like, it doesn't matter. Like forget the statistics because otherwise you're just going to freak out. Like I, I agree. I kept being like, Oh my God. It's like, that's so little. And he was like, whatever. Like, who cares? Do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. So hopefully yeah. pass that on to people. Just do it. If you really want to, and if you really love the program enough to be in a relationship with it, then go for it. Exactly. It's a commitment. It's a huge commitment. It's literally like a relationship. You want to commit to this school mm -hmm. and what they're doing and everything. And the last thing that I did forget is, um, Clubs too. Don't forget to write about clubs and organizations and put that in because then it just helps even more. Seeing, oh my God, there's this club that I can do, and that club and that club that helps me explore my passions in so many different divergent ways. <laughs> like, come on, man. There's so much. Like, I'm gonna grow here, please. I'm getting don't do that, but you know what I mean. But it is kind of that thing, like, and and I think you'll get it. Like, you'll go through some school websites and like what they have. And you're like, eh, I don't really want to do this. Like, this doesn't speak out to me. And then you'll search a different school and you'll see what they have. And you'll be like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I wish I could do this. I can see myself doing this. And you should share that because that is you giving back to that community that will be giving to you, as opposed to you just using the school as a stepping stone to get yeah. to somewhere else. Um, those are, those are some high quality tips right there. So <laughs> like, I, seriously, but very cool. Thank you so much for sharing all this and for being on this show. And I hope that this interesting year pans out well for you. Um, and I hope we'll talk soon. Well, thank you so much, Ariana, for having me. It's been a privilege. It's been a pleasure. And I would love to help out anyone who has any questions with the transferring process, especially in relation to the Ivy League. So my contact is below. Feel free to shoot me a message. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Transfer Tea. Check back in next Tuesday for another interview. <laughs> Bye.